Welcome to the Porch Sittings Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the concept of diversity, how it's being pursued, the complexities involved, and the richness of life when you embrace it. This podcast is hosted by Urban Avenues, an organization in Birmingham, Alabama that unites disconnected communities by inspiring people to be curious and make beautiful things together. Today, we're wrapping up our conversation with Tim Majors and Mayor James Stewart Jr. Okay, so we're back with the porch sitting for part two of this amazing conversation. John, I know you want to jump right in and actually get the first question out. Yeah, no, the first question is just a really gut real one for me. And I'm curious about the rest of us. Um, You know, oftentimes I'll be in the midst of what is a really fantastic opportunity to serve our community. Uh, I think last year, I think I think back to Urban Avenues had an opportunity with something we call Care Health um, that we were feeding frontline healthcare workers uh, and supporting the local restaurants in our community. Um, and the the initiative took off so quickly and grew so rapidly that all of a sudden it was doing that classic overcoming my capacity um, to be able to stay focused and lead it and still be focused on the critical aspects of our healthcare company and the things we needed there. And I can remember a couple of dark days, even a dark week, um, where I was questioning myself and whether I was the right guy to be in the midst of these things. And why was it that I couldn't kind of keep up with the, the dual demands that were really coming into my life? And, uh, and it took me probably some dark places of thinking, um, should I continue to do this? Um, how do I continue to do this? And, and where do I go from here with it? Um, I'm curious when y'all face those kind of moments, and if, if you have faced those, um, what have you found to be critical to kind of come back to the surface? And uh, how has that affected either the players in your community that have helped with that or people in your lives? Um, how's that affected how you're becoming who you're becoming? Tim, Tim, you want to go first with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say my biggest thing has been not so much doubting, because all I'm doing is I'm giving other people voices. So it's never been about me. It takes a lot of time. But um, more so, I think sometimes every now and then I'll reflect on all I've done. I, I got a, arrested six times over the summer, just four of them for sure, just covering events and the court case hasn't come. So we'll see what comes out of that. But I'll look back, I'll be like, am I a crazy person for doing all this for no gain or anything like that? But I've never, I don't, I think I know what I want to accomplish and where I want to be. And that just keeps me moving forward. And my big thing has just been personal life crazy, covering stuff crazy, no matter what, just keep moving forward, just keep my feet moving. And hopefully by the end of wherever, even if I don't see the light at the time, um, if you just keep on pushing and doing what you're doing, there's a, you know, there's a purpose to it at the end of the day. So, so I have a question so have for a you, question. Tim. What what do you do or how do you feel when you know that in certain times where there are protests that are going on, that people are out there and they are out there because of the financial gain? Like protesters? There's protesters and okay. other leaders that are there. Um, they're there to get in front of the camera and they are paid to be there. Like the reality is that some of these people that are seemingly leaders of the community are actually paid leaders. 
I would say fortunately and also unfortunately, I would say Birmingham, there's not too many people on a ground floor level. It's about the same 30, 40 people. And there's about, like over the summer, I'd say only about maybe six or seven key leaders I could identify. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say mostly all black women and they were leading the way putting their bodies on the line. Um, so it's not something I've had to deal with too much on a on-the-ground level. Now, people hijacking that and speaking, you know, trying to take that platform and speak to the news as if it's theirs, there's not too much you can do about it. You can keep pushing your message, and at the end of the day, the, the bigger enemy is still what we're fighting directly. So gotcha. try and ignore that as much as I can. Got it. Got well, it. I think I think about the fact, too, that you said you've been arrested six times. I'm trying to think of friends of mine, and myself included, that could get comfortable with taking stands to the degree that I'm going to get arrested six times. You had to think through that and process that in some level of uncertainty of, wow, how is how is this gonna how is this gonna feel to family and friends and how does everyone understand uh what was that like the very first time was about it was still in may so it was um just a day or two after the national uprisings and um it was not intentional i was on the grass and like six cops came for someone to my right and in that time you know next thing i know i'm on the ground with my glasses knocked off and six cops on top of me now, you know, so it was not intentional, but fortunately I've had um, political differentiations with my family. We're all growing. I'd say I am fortunate that my family is open to dialogue and growing, but um, didn't really know how that first conversation was going to go, but um, my family supported what I was doing and continued to uplift me. That's cool. That's awesome. That is very cool. What about you, Mayor Stewart? Where, where have you experienced those moments of, uh, of, of, call it uncertainty and or the stretch was so difficult that you, you could feel it really pulling questions to your mind about whether you were in this? I would say the realization hit me when I was sworn in to be the mayor And it was the next day when I went to work and I was actually the mayor. Mm. That's when I realized that I had a large responsibility to be able to take care of close to 13,000 people in the city of Irondale and that the decisions that I would make affects their life on a day-to-day basis. I also realize that the statement that says that it's lonely at the top is a very mm-hmm. true statement uh, because there are not a lot of people that know what you go through when you're in that position, when you're having to deal with citizens, you're having to deal with department heads, you're trying to develop strategies to be able to make move the city forward, you're trying to answer to complaints on a day-to-day basis, Uh, You're trying to hear the vision for different people and you're trying to mesh those all together uh, to create harmony in the environment. That's when I realized 
that I was in a place now where I had to continue to stay connected to the creator. So what I do to make sure that I do not get into those places, I followed strong individuals that were in the Bible that were leaders, uh, Nehemiah, Moses, Joshua, uh, Daniel. They all went through things. And it's amazing that if you read their life, a lot of it had to do with dealing with governmental uh, issues. So I try to pull on the things that they have experienced, and then I try to relate that to what I am going through. And I also understand that life is not built to live on the mountaintop, but is meant to live in the valley. So I realize that I'm going to be in the valley 95% of the time, and that I'm only going to be on the mountaintop 5%. And I truly believe that the Lord allows you to go to the mountaintop to be encouraged to go back and fight in the valley. So I look at it from the perspective that I know that some people are going to agree with me. Some people are not going to agree with me. Some people will dislike me. Some people will like me. Uh, critics are critics and they will be critics. And there is a certain part of the population that you will not be able to satisfy them. Even if I could walk on water. They would find a way to be able to criticize. It. So that's how I deal with life as being the mayor for the city of Irondale to make sure that I do not fall into those spots. And I would say the other main thing is I realized that the Lord has designed me to be in this place. I was a city councilor for six years. I served as a city clerk for eight years. And now I'm serving as the mayor. So for me, it's just been a natural progression to be able to put me in the place that I am now. But he has prepared me to be able to get to that place. And I realize the larger the responsibility, the longer period that you have to go through for the preparation for that job. And I just feel very comfortable. And of course, I have some days that I want to pull my, my hair out, even though I'm bald. <laughs> but I just try to, uh, I try to push forward and and always look at the bright side and say that as long as I'm vertical every day, then it's a good day regardless of what happened during that day. So I think that's, that's really cool. But I have a question for you because you seem really centered. I mean, there's a lot of wisdom that you just gave. And I, I'm like, your responses are like right on, spot on. But you had to go home one day and tell your wife, like, hey, I want to be the mayor of Irondale and I'm going to give up 70 grand a year to do it. Like, how did that conversation go? Well, I would even say, DJ Strick, that the Lord played a hand in that as well, because my wife encouraged me to run because she was upset wow. about the direction of the city. Wow. So I did not even have to convince her she basically had to convince me to do it because I knew what I was giving up as well as I understood a little bit what the responsibility would be moving from being the city clerk to being the mayor. I got it. I got it. Well, you know, it, listen, those things make a difference, especially if mama is encouraging you at home to do yeah. something to make an impact. Man, that's where... You know, it's kind of like people having your back and support. You can go into those hard places knowing that your family is behind you, man. That's really cool. And, and saying that, Tim, I have a question for you as well. Like, well, like it, it, 
this has got to be pretty tough for you because when you're talking about activism in the city of Birmingham, you would not expect somebody that looks like Tim Majors to be a leader in activism in Birmingham. Like, how difficult was that for you, not looking like the typical, um, I guess, advocate in the city? Yeah, I would say... Um leading but leading by following because i know my voice is not the perspective we need right now we've had plenty of white men share their opinions on national and state issues so um my whole goal just uplift every voice around me and there it's once again it's mostly younger 20s black women i would say and just trying to amplify their messages that need to be heard and at the same time understanding as a white man, I'm able to, I, they still did arrest me a few times, but I'm able to put myself in situations that other people are not. So it mostly feels like a duty to do so. I got it. Because they'll let you out of jail, Tim. Okay, they'll let you out. Some other people have to stay a little longer when they go for no reason. They, and, but. and they did do that. And so you, I'm saying this in jest, but you've experienced it. Yeah, they did do that. They wow. held, um, they would hold um, the women leaders much longer than everyone else. They would um, search them in more aggressive and violating ways. They definitely treat people very different. Wow. I mean, to, to be said, let me ask you this question. Throughout the year 2020 and all the activity that you had an opportunity to do and lead in, what was the most impactful like takeaway from the year 2020 for you? I think it's been tough because I think maybe, maybe the power of when, when cities, when thousands of people speak up and also because we've seen the national perception change. We haven't gotten everything we've wanted, obviously, but I think companies and large organizations are acting much differently than they would have five years ago, even if it's not them being honest, if they're responding to public pressure, that's amazing. And also just, um, I think a lot of people compare where we're at 2020 to like a 1969 or so. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. To me, a lot of this has felt like maybe right after late 50s or so, which is not fun to think about. We have a long way to go. But I think this year we've seen a lot of, we had raw reactions and pain and a lot of responding to it. And I think we're seeing leaders now connect and organize on a different level to where as future issues come up, because they will, because we haven't addressed them all the way. Um, I think more and more we'll have more people, more structure to just directly apply pressure. That's awesome, That's man. Awesome, That's man. awesome. That's so. Awesome. Let me let me ask this question to to you, Mayor. So you're a city clerk. You you've done city council and a city clerk as in Irondale. Uh, now you are in the mayor's seat, and if you understand politics, like there's going to be some decisions that have been made in the past, and decisions that are going to be made in the future that. Uh, impact your city but you're not the only person that will have like the final say in those decisions made how do you reconcile that as the leader uh, in Irondale well one of the things that 
I do is that I try to pull my personal opinion out of the decision-making process. And I always start with, is this good for the 13,000 people that live in the city of Irondale? And if I realize that it's going to be good for the citizens that live in Irondale and that it's going to improve the quality of life and it's going to work as a retention to keeping people there, but also it works as attracting people who want to be in a fantastic city. I usually use that in the decision-making process. With most decisions, being in a small town, I do have the power to be able to make those decisions unilaterally. When it comes to dealing with the employees and everything that happens inside of the city, those are basically my decisions. It's only when I need to go to the council to get uh, contracts approved or their resolutions on the administrative side that are dealing with the city that I have to get the approval of the council. Therefore, the mayor in a small city or even like a city the size of Birmingham, we we really have the power to either make or break a city. And I feel like that's why you need to be well grounded when you get into the position, because it will allow you to be able to make decisions that are in the best interest of the people and not in the best interest of ourselves. And it's very hard sometimes to go home when you realize that you may not really believed in that particular deal, but you're going to trust the other individuals uh, that presented it to you that it's going to work out in the favor of the city. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great response. John, what do you say to that? I tell you, as I listen to that, I think there's so much of what you just said that uh, is hard for a lot of us to think through on a regular basis and say that 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 convening of thought and the trust that goes along with that um, should guide a lot of what we're doing in that civic work. And I mean, Strick, I think in some ways that's dead on to what we're trying to do with uh, with this podcast, right? Is right. to sit on the porch and think about the other voices that are on the porch with us. We may not agree with them all, um, but it's so valuable to have that in our ears, in our minds, to take the time to uh, to really process that well. Um, so, no, it just makes me grateful. It makes me grateful you're running Irondale, and it makes me grateful that, Tim, uh, you're fighting the good fight for things uh, that are important out there. So, so guys, before Very we let cool. you go, Tim, if I can, uh, I'll start with you. How can people connect with you and what you're doing in activism in uh, Birmingham? Yeah, right now, um, really mostly Instagram is the platform. Uh, B-ham stands, B-H-A-M-S-T-A-N-D-S. Um, and then just pretty much with that, you know, try and show you what protests are coming up, kind of a calendar like that but also just organizations you can support and um with the times we're in right now there's a lot of gofundmes we just had tornadoes we're in a pandemic right but um right. have a link tree that you can access there but just ways to help the community but uh instagram primarily that's awesome how about you mayor 
I have uh, several different ways, but I would say the most effective way is if it's, uh, you can reach me at the city of Irondale. I am usually there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I have a policy that if you just want to drop in and have a conversation for less than 29 minutes, we'll try to get you in and and be able to share with you. And if you want to meet for more than 30 minutes, then you can call the administrative assistant and set up an appointment. But I'll give you my email address. That's probably the best way to get in contact with me there at the city. And it's J as in James, Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, at City of Irondale, A-L, that's all one word, dot gov. I love it. I love it, man. John, what a, what a great group of guys that you actually had a chance to assemble today. Uh, an amazing Absolutely. podcast and um, a mayor for the city of Iredale. I mean, I, I don't know what it would be for me. Now, part of like what I do, uh, one of my shows and businesses is Strict City, but I can't just say, hey, call the city to get in contact with me. You know what I'm saying? One day I'll be able to say, <laughs> just call the city. I love that. Uh, Mayor Stewart can actually say that. John, what a great show today. You you have any thoughts that you want to wrap up with? No, I tell you, just the fact that, uh, like you said, it's been great to be on the porch uh, with all four of us. And uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, I feel encouraged and motivated in some different ways. And uh, this is exactly, uh, you're the exact kind of, uh, of guys that uh, I'm excited about spending more time with. So, Strick, it keeps me fired up for what we're going to do next episode and where this conversation continues to go and how we keep these new friends close uh, that we make along the way. Well, John, thank you for your time today. And everybody that's listening, we absolutely love doing this podcast, the Port Sitting Podcast. Who knows what's next? Absolutely. We'll keep it, we'll keep it moving and keep it exciting. That concludes the two-part series from... Our conversation with Tim Majors and Mayor James Stewart Jr. This conversation of living life in the gray is exactly what we talk about in our Port Sittings groups. Right now, we're hosting virtual groups that meet once a month to dive deeper into con- topics like the one we discussed today. If you're interested in learning more about Urban Avenues or Porch Sittings, go to urbanavenues.com and follow us on Instagram at Porch Sittings or at urban underscore avenues. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.